0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. I was reading a um, story out of uh, Bill Johnson's A Life of Miracles and it stirred me again the other day. A young man named Brandon who was a graduate of Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry was visiting friends. They were at a restaurant and the waitress came to take their order. Brandon began to perceive things in his heart about the woman's relationship with her mother And he shared them with her. The waitress was amazed and she became so emotional that she had to take a break. While the waitress was away, Brandon noticed an Asian couple staring at him from across the room. The woman had wrist braces on because she suffered from carpal tunnel syndrome and one of her hands was completely frozen in a fist. Brandon asked if he could pray for her. She said that they were Buddhists but were willing to receive prayer. He prayed and she was healed immediately. The whole family were instantly overjoyed and began praising Jesus right at the table. They said they'd been praying to their ancestors for a long time for her hands to be healed, but the prayers hadn't worked. Brandon explained who Jesus is and they received the gospel with wonder and thankfulness. He went back to his table and for the rest of the evening, the healed woman sat there opening and closing her hand the whole time in amazement. How awesome's our God, hey? About that time, the waitress came back and asked if she could talk with Brandon outside. She wanted to know more about God. Brandon shared further insight that the Holy Spirit gave him about her life and told her about Jesus' love. She gave her heart to the Lord and was filled with the Holy Spirit right there. That sounds like something out of the Bible, But it's another very recent display of God's love from a normal Christian like you and me. I love those stories because it reminds us the Holy Spirit is still at work just as powerfully today as He was 2,000 years ago when He was poured out. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So... The last couple of Sunday mornings I've been teaching about the fruit of the Spirit and how awesome it is when fruit grows in our lives. Good fruit, not bad fruit. And tonight I want to pick up that theme but talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how awesome it is when the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. Fruit grows and a gift is given. It's awesome you go and there's fruit there, but how awesome when someone knocks on your door and they got a whole box of goodies. Food Money, tickets to go to the movies, keys for a new car. How awesome when those sort of people come to your door. I mean, that's never happened to me. Well, it doesn't happen every day, does it? But our God, we will sing about tonight, is a loving Father that is just loaded with gifts of forgiveness, of hope, of love, of strength, of courage, the life and power of the Spirit. So many things. A clear conscience. How awesome is that? You know? Health when we need it. Hope in the broken relationships that sometimes drain our world. He comes with all these amazing, amazing gifts. But you know the greatest gift is the Holy Spirit Himself. Because Jesus came and then when He went back to heaven, He says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit over our lives. John 16 verse 7 says, But I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, and standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for a saviour and about righteousness and about judgment about sin, and the true nature of it, because they do not believe in me and my message, about righteousness, personal integrity, and godly character, because I'm going to my Father, and you will no longer see me, about judgment, the certainty of it, because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. Hallelujah. That's why we can have freedom. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them now. But when he the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, full and complete truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but He will speak whatever He hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. And He will disclose to you what is to come in the future. He will glorify and honor me, because He, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, Because of this, I said that He, the Spirit, will take from what is mine and will reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the kingdom of God. The word reveal is what revelation comes from, which means you can see. When something's revealed, you pull back the curtain. When they're uh, opening a new building or they're launching a new vehicle, they pull the curtain back and there it is, you can see a new product. It's revealed. It's not hidden anymore. You can see it now. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and opens our eyes to see. And this morning, I mentioned that we have five natural senses. And in the Spirit, we have five spiritual senses. So we see with our natural eyes. Thank God for the gift of sight. But we can see in the Spirit. So when you're worshipping, instead of just singing words, all of a sudden you start to picture Jesus on the throne or the Father inviting us. Or you start to see, as you sing about the Holy Spirit, you start to see His life and power coming. You feel it. You see it with the spiritual eyes. For those that aren't followers of Jesus, they find that difficult to comprehend. How can you see in the Spirit? Some in the occult realm see in the Spirit from the dark side, and they see stuff that's often full of fear and darkness. And many people that are spiritually hungry often get sidetracked by the deception of the enemy into seeing in the spirit realm from the dark side instead of the right side. Don't condemn them. They're honestly searching for truth. Bring truth because that will bring freedom to their lives. Pray for them. I would prefer to have someone who's spiritually aware and looking for something than someone who doesn't want to know anything about spiritual reality. That's why when you go to some. Um, Asian countries it's easy to preach to God they understand the spirit world so much better than we do here because we have all of our idolatry but it's so subtle here over there it's so blatant but as soon as they see the power of Jesus they say wow this is real they can see the power of the spirit because they see and no darkness and now they see the light and God wants us to have light so we can see spiritually also we can hear naturally thank God for hearing what an awesome gift that is. You ever had an ear infection and you can't hear? Or maybe you've had an operation on your ear and it's it's just all blocked up and you can't hear? Or you've gone flying with a head cold and you get off the plane for about two hours, your ears are blocked, you can't hear a thing. It's just so horrible. In the Spirit, we can also hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You can hear His words. You can hear the sound. I've, by the Spirit of God, trained myself to hear in the Spirit. Sometimes I walk into a building and I can hear what's happening in people's spirits. Or you walk into it, you drive into a town, all of a sudden you can hear the sound of evil that's ruling that place. You, can, you walk into a home and you can, you can hear the, the strife that just went on a half an hour ago and it's still in the atmosphere. God wants us to learn to hear in the spirit. Not in a spooky, weird way, but in just a very natural way. Also, we can taste. Thank God for the gift of taste, who loves their food, who's getting hungry right now because they haven't eaten food yet. We can also taste in the spirit. The Bible says, the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Sometimes it's, it's like you're worshipping and you just feel like, oh, it's so real. It's almost like food to you. Jesus was busy um, praying and speaking to the lady, at the woman at the well, and the guys had gone off to Marcus to get some food because they were hungry and they come back with food and you said I'm not hungry anymore. I said what do you mean? He said I've got I've been satisfied by doing the will of the father and he was so in tune with the spirit he wasn't even physically hungry at that time. He obviously did eat regularly. Then we have the other senses of touch. How awesome it is when when someone touches and gives you a hug when you need it or when you reach out and have a confident handshake of friendship and agreement and partnership how awesome is it when you feel the touch of the Holy Spirit oh what a precious gift you might be just going through a tough time and you feel his love you're reading the Bible all of a sudden it's almost like he's there sitting across the table saying I love you and he reaches out and touches you there have been times when Marilyn and I have physically felt the touch of Jesus I remember one time when I was a young person really hungry for God and I was in a meeting and I felt this hand just touched me on the shoulder I looked around I thought who was that there was no one there but I knew it was the father saying I've got you I'm watching over you and there are times where you just you you just feel I remember I was at a campsite many years ago at Kondari at the convention center and Jack Hayford was preaching he was preaching on the father heart of God and I remember I was looking up at the ceiling for some reason and next minute for about 10 seconds the ceiling disappeared and I saw the father reaching out and smiling at me I just I just melted. And then I looked again, and the, the roof was there. I said, what was that all about? But I felt His love, and I've never forgotten that. It was a moment where God's love touched my heart. And so we have these various senses that God's given us naturally, and He wants to teach us and train us how to to do that in the Spirit. So you can have that awareness of His presence. You say, how did that young guy, Brandon, do that stuff in that restaurant? He was listening to the nudge of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, hey, that couple over there, why don't you offer to go and pray for them? They're obviously in pain. They go, oh, well, that's that's just too, too weird or scary. No, it's not. When the Holy Spirit nudges you, you just feel there's peace and there's confidence and you just know it's right. You do it with wisdom and grace. And he spoke to the lady and she ended up giving her heart to Jesus and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. You think, wow, I wish that happened every day. Well, it doesn't happen every day, but it can as we just grow in awareness and sensitivity. Like Samuel, he had to learn to listen to the voice of God. Remember Samuel, the little boy? He thought it was Eli, the priest, calling him three times. Samuel, Samuel. So he goes running into Eli. Yes, Eli. He says, no, I didn't call you. The fourth time, Eli was a bit slow. He was supposed to be the priest in tune with God, but he was a little bit slow and backslidden. He said, it must be God. Say, so Next time you hear that voice, say, yes, Lord, I'm listening. And that's how Samuel learned to listen to the voice of God. Little children, I'm amazed how quick they can learn to discern the voice of God. Parents, young adults, don't ever dismiss what a child can see and say. A four or five-year-old sometimes can just discern stuff in the spirit. And they can they can hear, say, I woke up this morning and I felt God was speaking to my heart. Don't ever dismiss it. Ask them, what, what did it look like? What, what did it sound like? And they'll tell you there's great revelation, then you're left crying on the couch, and then they're off kicking the ball again next minute. You know, that's kids, you know. They, They flip from one thing to the next. But as spiritual children, God wants to teach you to listen to His voice. I couldn't do life and ministry without knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit, knowing His direction in my heart. And He wants us to grow in that freedom and that grace and power. Ephesians 4.30, I mentioned this verse this morning. It really impacted you. I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning with this verse and another verse. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that God has given us because it's God with us, walking with us comforting, strengthening, empowering, guiding, leading, teaching us, and he does it through the body of Christ, through the family of God. He says, don't take such a gift for granted. I hear even some Christians dismiss the work of the Spirit and, and, and blame him for things he didn't do and take credit for themselves for what only he could do. We're a bit crazy, so thank God for His grace, otherwise none of us would be alive. We we wouldn't make it. But I just feel the Holy Spirit drawing people, saying, let's grow, let's step in, let's run after. Because if you can learn to know the voice of the Spirit and be led by the Spirit, it will change how you do life and relationships and work and study and ministry especially. He wants to draw us. Let's look for a few minutes at the gifts of the Spirit tonight. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. One of the verses, I don't want you to be ignorant. So don't be ignorant. Let's be informed about the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. The same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one of the manifestations the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the Spirit of message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just like God's given us all natural gifts. Some of you are organizers, and some of you are hopelessly disorganized. Some of you are spontaneous and some of you want stuff planned out for three years ahead. Others of you love to go to bed late and others love to go to bed early and get up early. Guess what? The owls marry the fowls. I just can't understand why God puts one against the other Instead of working it together a bit better. But God, we we get attracted to people who are opposites. It builds variety and and input and we grow and mature in grace. In the natural. Some of us are creative with our hands. Some of you with IT and technology, you just love it. Others, it just freaks you out. Just the thought of, how do I do this? And you just manage one skill and then they bring another 10 new ones. You think, I'll never catch up. Other people can make stuff with your hands. Others, you give them a hammer and a saw and anything will happen. Most likely they'll injure themselves before they get anything made or created. Some are great at mechanics. Others just, what's that noise? I'm not sure. I think it's an engine under there somewhere. We've all got different gifts and skills. Some of you are great salespeople and others you couldn't sell anything because you're too scared of offending someone. God's wired us all up so differently. And in the spirit realm, he gives us different gifts. Some people are the eyes and so they see prophetically some people are the voice they just keep talking make a lot of noise I'm one of those others are the heart and they just feel and they're sensitive and they just feel people's pain and desires and needs other people are hands they just love doing stuff creating serving making the gift of helps they just can't help themselves They walk into a room and they see someone in need before you've even thought about helping them. They're already in the kitchen getting some food. They're already starting to clean up the house. Let's get someone to clean up the yard and it's all happening. That's a gift. We've all got different gifts. So spiritually, God gives us spiritual gifts. We mentioned nine there. They are what we call the gifts of the Spirit. There are other different gifts that are mentioned in Romans chapter 12 and other places. But remember, the gift comes from the giver. And Jesus is the most powerful gift that came to this earth. And then before he left, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to develop a relationship of connection with the Holy Spirit because your life will never, ever be the same because he's supernatural and supernatural things will start to happen more through your life. You'll be in a business situation. All of a sudden, a word of knowledge will come and you'll just know what to do. Or discerning of spirits will come and the Holy Spirit will nudge, say, don't sign a contract with that person. But it looks so awesome. Looks too good to be true. It is. Don't sign up. Or you'll be sort of looking for the right person to get connected on team and the Holy Spirit will nudge and say, they're the one. You think, wow, they're a little bit inexperienced. That's okay. The heart's right and they will learn quickly. And so God will lead us with discerning of spirits and all those different things. Gifts that he wants us to have in our lives. So we need to seek the fullness of the Spirit, not just the gifts and power. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Someone will say, Well, what's that look like? In the book of Acts, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues. They had power. They had freedom. They had anointing over their lives. The bigger question is, How much of the Holy Spirit does he have of you? That's about surrender. Does he have your mind? Does he have your heart? Does he have your relationships? Does he have your past, your present, and your future? We can trust him with all of those. I love Jesus as our example. Luke 4, 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Remember when he got baptized in water, the dove came down. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. Next verse, next chapter says, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. That doesn't make sense. He's filled with the Spirit. Yahoo! We had a great meeting last night. Next day, you're out in the desert, in the wilderness, fighting a battle with the works of darkness. It sometimes happens that way because when you get a victory, the enemy will will challenge it. He will contend with it. Are you serious about this? Do you really know by faith that you have this breakthrough? Whenever you get prayed for healing, sometimes the enemy will challenge you that night or the next day. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you're speaking that heavenly language, something you haven't learned, the enemy will say... What are you doing? You make a fool of yourself. No, this is from God because I'm not smart enough to make this up. And you know that it's the kingdom of God. So he's led in the wilderness. Then he has the confrontation with the enemy. And then he comes out in verse 14. It says, Then Jesus went back to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So he went into the desert filled with the Spirit. When he wrestled and dealt with the temptations, he came out in the power of the Spirit. And then he was ready for God to use him in ministry. And then he goes to his hometown, picks up the Scriptures from Isaiah 61 and reads these verses. "'The Spirit of the Lord is on me "'because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. "'He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners "'and recovery of sight for the blind, "'to set the oppressed free, "'to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." What's the year of the Lord's favour? I believe today is the day of salvation. So every year is a year of God's favour if you choose to walk in it and live in it. I love that thought. The anointing of God came on him to set the prisoners free and to release the oppressed or captives. Prisoners are people in prison because they've done something wrong. Captives is where someone else has taken you captive. So Jesus says, I'm going to set all of them free. Whether it's because of your own mistakes and sins and crazy stuff we've done in life, or whether it's someone else has abused us, taken advantage of us, ripped us off, torn our hearts, or the enemy has just set up schemes. Whichever way it goes, Jesus said, I will set you free. Hallelujah. He will set the prisoners free, and He will set the captives free. He will give you favor, grace, freedom. And I believe God wants to teach us how to live in that power of the Spirit. And Jesus is our modeling example. So He went set out and then He set many people free, healed, released people. If we want to change our world, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. People are so hungry for this. There are people searching everywhere. How many movies and series of movies and books are on the supernatural? Because the world is searching. Everyone's got a spirit within who needs to know the supernatural God. And if they don't find it in church and in the body of Christ, they will find it somewhere else and it will always be a poor substitute that leaves them in control or bondage. And we need to not be ashamed or afraid of that. Sometimes we're scared of talking to people about church and what the Spirit of God does. Don't be afraid of it. Do it wisely. Sow seeds. Share stories. Don't preach it, everyone. But let me tell you, there's a whole lot of people really searching for life and the supernatural because their spirit is created to know God and I believe we should not be ashamed of that just have more courage to offer to pray for people to let that life flow so to be filled with the spirit next we need to treasure and use the gifts to serve others whenever God gives you a gift don't say oh I'm, I'm I've made it now now use it to serve others Your notes are falling over here use the gifts that God's given you so that you can serve others in uh 1 Peter 4, 10, it says, Just as each one of you has received a spiritual gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace. Faithfully using the diverse, various gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor, Whoever speaks the congregation is to do it as one who speaks the oracles, the utterances, the very words of God. Whoever serves the congregation is to do it as one who serves by the strength which God abundantly supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified, honored, and magnified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. So God's given us all gifts. Don't let the devil lie to you, and say, Well, I haven't got much to give. You've all got gifts. Some of you got an amazing gift with children. Awesome. God wants to raise up more to help in our kids' ministry. Don't sit on the side and say, I'm not real good at it. God's put that in your heart. Some of us shouldn't be in kids' church because it would be dangerous. Others are gifted. Some of you got great gifts in music and singing, and others of us it would be really dangerous if we were up here trying to sing or play. It would be chaos. God's given us gifts. Some of you are awesome at hospitality. It just flows. Others, you would be very dangerous to be hosting a party at your place. Very dangerous. Probably food poisoning would happen, and who knows what else would go on. But God gives us different gifts. Let's flow with them, and let God use us in that way. Romans twelve six says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them accordingly. If someone has a gift of prophecy, Let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to the faith possessed. If service, in the act of serving. Or he who teaches, in the act of teaching. Or he who encourages, in the act of encouragement. He who gives with generosity. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy and caring for others with cheerfulness. I believe we need to value the Holy Spirit. I talked about two scriptures God woke me up with last night. One was... The one about not um, grieving the Holy Spirit. The other one is about not quenching the Holy Spirit. I love to sleep, but when I wake up about three in the morning and there's verses running my head, I know the Holy Spirit's getting my attention. Sometimes I get up and write them down, because you ever had that? And think, oh, that's an awesome thought. When you wake up, you can't remember it at all. So sometimes I'll write them down. Other times they just keep going over, over your spirit, and you wake up and you still got it. Thankfully, I didn't lose it this time. 1 Thessalonians 4.19 says, Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecy, spoken revelations, words of instructions, or exhortation or warning. But test all things carefully so you can recognize what is good. Hold firmly to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Withdraw and keep away from it. Don't quench the Spirit. How do you quench the Spirit? When He nudges you to pray for someone and you don't do it. Think, oh, I'm too scared. Fear becomes your master instead of the Holy Spirit who's in charge. Oh, someone else will think I'm foolish, so is their opinion more important than God's? See how we can quench the Spirit just, oh, I'm not experienced enough as a Christian. I'll get one of the pastors to do that. Well, the pastor's not there. You're there, so you are the man or woman of God in that situation. And He loves you. He's trusting you. He wouldn't have shown it to you if He didn't trust you. How awesome is our God? And so He wants us not to quench the Spirit, but to keep making room for the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives. And I believe God's going to help us to flow. Just want to wrap it up with a couple of thoughts on being filled with the Spirit. Acts 2, 1-4 says, When the day of Pentecost came, They were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow, here we've got the supernatural of God. One of the signs they were filled with the Spirit, well, there were some supernatural signs, wind and fire. And then it says they started to speak in other languages they'd never learned. Now, some people say, well, that was just for that time. But if you go throughout church history, people are getting filled with the Holy Spirit all throughout church history, and they still are today in millions of people all over the world. And it's a gift. The Holy Spirit's the same today, and He hasn't changed His ways. And I encourage you to reach out and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe tonight you think, well, I've never had that precious gift in my life. You can receive that tonight. In a couple of minutes, we're going to offer to pray. Need a personal encounter, relationship with the Holy Spirit. I learned when I got born again when I was 17, I watched some of my friends in the church and they could worship and sing and play guitar and, and pray in the Spirit. And I just got so initially annoyed that they had it and I didn't. thought, God, I want that precious gift. And after four months of praying and seeking God, where I had to deal with my fears of what other people thought about me and what it would look like, as I pressed through those, then I got so hungry and said, Lord, I just want you. I just want your spirit. I just want your presence to fill me and overflow me. And thank God he came and filled me with the Holy Spirit on an Easter Sunday night in the Best Chan campsite that was right next door to this church. And I'll never forget, I spoke some words and syllables and the enemy said, that's just you making up. I said, no, I'm not smart enough to make that up. And within a week, as I prayed, I had this fluent language in the Spirit. Now I have more than one language in the Spirit. I worship and I pray, I take authority, and there's freedom that comes over our lives because the Holy Spirit is powerful. He wants to reveal the kingdom of God. And the supernatural should become more natural in our hearts and our lives, not just for pastors, but for all of us. That's why it's designed for everyone, not just Jesus and the 12 disciples, not just for the early church, it's for the whole body of Christ. And it brings freedom and your relationship with God gets more free and powerful. And He wants to touch our hearts and our lives. Worship team, come on down. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 7. It says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. The Amplified says, from in his innermost being will flow continuously rivers of living water. So it's not just a nice event in a service or at home. It's a flowing Several times it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you look at the tense of that, it is not a one-time experience. It's a present continuous tense. In other words, be being filled with the Spirit every day. Just like you eat food, you eat food every day. Unless you're on a particular fast or diet. But you can't do that for too long, otherwise you'll die. We need to let the Spirit fly.